Welcome to the show. Do you know why you're here? Tribe Radio. It's right, we're here again. You can't get rid of us. We're like, like what is up, everybody? (laughs) Hello. Hello, (laughs) thank you for that night bag. Always with the quick quip on the side. We appreciate it. I'm your host, Rock and Roll. (laughs) And tonight we've got... (laughs) You get I know, I know, we'll try. I'm trying. Right now, I think I've offended, like, all my British friends. You've got it. (laughs) I don't think I've been listening to enough Monty Python in the Holy Grail. You can does anyone have any quotes from that? If uh, no. Not quite Monty Python, but he's got a bridge shack. So I'm going to upset my friend Ryan, but... <laughs> Okay. All right, all right, all right. Uh we can come back in and out of that anytime we want because because we can. It's our show. And speaking of shows, welcome to Tribe Radio. Um, this is the Initiative's radio show. Uh, we put it on every week, and we just want to make you happier, healthier, and safer, and more cool by listening in. That's what we try to do. I'm Rock and Roll, and my co-host tonight is Nightbug. Say hi, Nightbug. Who the hell is interrupting my kung fu? There you go. That's <laughs> Nightbug. He speaks through sound bites. Because he's actually a robot. You are what correct, What are you talking sir. about, Willis? <laughs> and in the background already, because we couldn't stop talking pre-show, are my two special guests. I'm really excited about this because we've had guests on that, you know, you really haven't met in person, but, you know, you admire them and uh, you're honored that they're on. But I've met these guys. I've I've partied with these guys. And I adore them and love what they're doing. So this is like a, a mini family gathering already for me. So um, without further ado, and I hate that, but what else do you say before this? I'd like to introduce uh, from the Legacy Initiative in Utah, Travis Heisel and Ted Mills. Yay! Hello, hello. Hello, <laughs> I, I, I think Ted's going to keep on with the British accent because it suits him. I don't know. What do you think? I think he's been watching <laughs> IT crowd too much. Oh, I know. I, oh, my God. I love the IT crowd. I love Moss. Moss is my favorite. Oh. I dressed like him for Halloween two year, about three years ago. No, you I'll did you not. Picture. Oh, I my did. gosh. Wig. You need to. Calculator watch. <laughs> Velcro shoes. The t- sure. somebody, uh, one of my coworkers knitted me a tie. Seriously, pictures do exist. Glasses. Oh my god, that was awesome. I even parted. I even bought an afro wig and parted it with hairspray. You you parted it. I you have to. I parted it. We're we're gonna we're gonna post that picture on the tribe page. We see because we're talking about it now, 
and everybody's <laughs> going to go, okay, I want to see. I, I so want to see that picture. Oh, my God. I should be Moss for Halloween. Thanks for the idea. Huh. I can't be Jen. You should be Jen. I, I could try you to should, be Jen. You should be uh, Jen with, when she's uh, on her uh, on Oh, her on her time period. Of the, yes, I just, I said it's okay. Jen. She's, uh, that's, uh, oh, my God, that's awesome. You know, you could be Roy, Bug. That'd be hilarious. And then, and just then Brooke that way. <laughs> well, if you're Roy, all you have to do is say, did you turn it on and off? Did you turn it on? Is it plugged in? Have you there tried you go. turning it off again? Very good, you guys. Like, we totally plugged them. I love it. <laughs> um, oh, God, that just sounded bad. Uh, anyway, so welcome to the show. And, um, yeah, this is, this is, I think we're going to have to call you guys back in uh, a few times because, really, I was having fun with you five minutes before the show started. So, um <laughs> For those of you who don't know Ted or Travis, and I was saying our our views have, uh, you know, we've reached up to 2,000 listeners, not views, listens, and um, that's, I was saying in the last show, I don't know 2,000 people, I don't think, so um, there are people out there who, who don't know who you are, don't know what we're talking about, but have tuned in anyway, so for those people... Would you like to explain what the Legacy Initiative is all about and take as much time as you need? <laughs> no pressure. Uh, do you want to go first, Ted, or do you want me to go? Go ahead. I'm looking go for ahead. a picture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm all right. Uh, what we are all about, uh, we, are, we are a community enrichment organization. Uh, gosh. We've uh, we've got a lot of things going, so that's uh, not a simple yeah, question. <laughs> yeah, I know, but this is about you, so so we you know we want we want inquiring minds want to know. Uh, we uh, we're most known for our homeless outreach. Um, we uh, we jumped into this thing full steam and had no idea what we were and weren't supposed to do, and apparently we came out kind of big. <laughs> <laughs> just we we had no sense of boundaries and what was what when we we started our homeless outreach came about as an accident we originally began uh working with food rescue and collecting food for uh that would normally go to waste to redirect families in need and uh, we ended up through one of our members of our group getting a large donation of tortillas that we didn't want to waste it was just too much to provide to to give the families so the idea was pitched that we would make bean and cheese burritos and uh, pass those out to, to the homeless folks in our area. And uh, part of this is uh, we took a, a different approach to things. Around here, most of the, the homeless outreach that's done is, uh, is sort of that soup kitchen model where people will set up food and the people will line up for their handout. And as we looked at this, we thought that that was... Uh, was degrading and we wanted to do something different. So we, uh, we load our backpacks up with food and water, uh, whatever supplies we can get our hands on, and we go out in small squats out on the street to the people rather than making them come to us. So that's, uh, that's our homeless outreach in a nutshell. Um, we also are, are involved in building community gardens. There's a, uh, uh, food forest concept that's being developed right now. Uh, we're doing food or uh, 
clothing drives for uh, for the people in need in our area. And uh, we've got a team that goes out on nighttime patrols for crime prevention and uh, advanced scouting for our homeless outreach program. Ted, do you want to fill in the gaps here? Help me out. <laughs> sure. Uh, I sent the picture, so I'm good to go now because uh, I have a one-track <laughs> mind. Uh, you should have gotten it by now, Rock. I sent it to your phone. Uh, okay. Unless you're on your phone, you can't get it. Nonetheless. Oh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, um, the idea uh, for the homeless outreach started very, very uh, humble. Uh, we decided that we would uh, try a, um, a a trial run, I guess, if you will. So on a on Taco a Tuesday, beta test. <laughs> a beta test. Thank you. On Taco Tuesday, we bought uh, about fifty, sixty dollars worth of tacos, and we put those in backpacks. And we actually went out to the people just to see what the response would be. Um, and and it was very well received by those that uh, that participated. Not only the people that received the food, but for us as the volunteers that went out and did that. Um, we know that uh, from a couple of personal testimonials that, uh, of members in our group that uh, that was kind of the um, the jumping off point for them to get involved in the group and have stayed very active, and, and that was the catalyst to get them to get them going. So um, it, was, it was a really good experience for us, and uh, we've done a lot of trial and error. Um, we originally started with uh, just pinto beans and red sauce, and we've uh, perfected it to the point where we do uh, one-third black beans and two-thirds pinto beans. We also have switched to green sauce, which gives it a better flavor. Uh, one of the things that uh, we try and do, well, two, two main characteristics of the, the homeless outreach is, one, there's no judgments passed, meaning if somebody's hungry, uh, they can receive help. Uh, they don't have to necessarily be homeless or any qualifications regarding that. Um, and then the other thing is is that we want to give them something that we would want to either eat or pay for ourselves. I mean, if we don't want to pass out something that, you know, we wouldn't want to eat ourselves. And so, uh, obviously, we encourage our volunteers and those that help out to, while we're out and about doing the volunteer work, if they're hungry, to eat a burrito. Um, it kind of puts those people's minds at ease that, you know, we're actually eating what we're passing out. Um, because, I guess, in certain areas of the world, and, and there are... Um, not some friendly people that would want to get rid of a problem by, you know, possibly poisoning or doing other such uh, such things to the food to get rid of a problem. And I was even approached probably on our third outreach uh, by a gentleman when I was passing out a burrito. He, he asked what was in it. And I told him it was beans and cheese and green sauce and tortilla. And he asked if there was anything bad in it. And that was the first experience for me uh, of realizing that people would actually be um, sly enough to want to poison the population to get rid of them. And I, I'd never been asked that before, but um, I could definitely tell them with a surety, no, because I sorted these beans, I soaked the beans, we made the beans, we made them into pre-fried beans, we made the tortillas. I mean, we didn't make the tortillas, but we made the burritos, and, and basically, you know, I can say with confidence that there's nothing bad in them. So that was definitely a, an eye-opening experience for me. But, yeah, that's that's kind of it, – it's it's definitely grown, and it's it like Travis mentioned, it has basically become – you know, what we're known for, our flagship program of what we do, and then everything else that we're trying to do um, incorporates or encompasses into that uh, with the other um, the patrols that we're doing and, and the gardens and different things like that and teaching people, you know, where their food comes from and how, how to use it. You know, you give somebody nowadays a zucchini and they may look at you very funny like, what am I supposed to do with this? Um, we're trying to get back to the roots of, you know, teaching people how to cook and what to use stuff and and kind of back to the basics that we've, I believe, lost over 
you know, the past probably 20, 30, maybe even 40 years um, of the fast food, the convenience, the go, 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 and, and not really eating healthy, which, is, in my opinion, has caused a lot of other problems. But, um, oh, absolutely, so nonetheless, yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of where that's kind of where it's taken, and it's definitely grown. Um, but it is definitely one of the the programs that uh, has been very successful for us, and we'll continue to to do that because we feel that that's something that's, that's important. Um, some of the other things that we do is every once in a while uh, we will do cappuccino in the wintertime when it gets cold. Um, unfortunately, that is more of a, a lineup method just because it's it's very it becomes very challenging from a logistics standpoint to pass out hot cappuccino in cups, you know, but we have found that we can take a uh, wagon, so to speak, uh, with a smaller cooler in it and been able to go out to the people. Uh, We've also done um, some pastries from a local bakery in uh, Utah County uh, that's donated, and and that's been a a big hit. Um, We've added bottled water, we've added candy, um, treats, different things that, you know, most people don't think about or take for granted that, you know, you can just go to the grocery store if you want some candy or a sucker or something, and those typically are the first things to go. Um, one of the other things that was really interesting was it was probably about four or five homeless outreaches ago. Uh, we had a, uh, a mother and her two children that had come for their first time, and the, the little daughter had actually brought some toys and colored some pictures and handed them out to the other kids uh, that were homeless, and I thought that was really touching because I have two little girls myself, and that has actually never crossed any of our minds. And so I thought that was really, uh, really neat to see that uh, type of a gesture. Because again, of course, there are kids that are homeless as well, and you know, getting some small toy or something to play with can kind of take their mind off of, you know, the situation that they may be in or may be facing. So that right. was really, the, really good too. The things we take for granted, right? Just something simple as a cup of coffee or those treats that you were giving out, you know. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, you guys, when I first met you, you were talking to me about the, the you know, uh, sifting the beans, you know, and sorting through them and, and, and cooking them at four in the morning. You know, mm-hmm. if anybody ever woke me up at four in the morning, I think I'd probably cry. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but, I, but to be awake at four in the morning, not getting paid for this. And, and, and you know, um, I'm going to say not getting paid, uh, you know, in, in a monetary sense, of course, because – being kindred spirits, I understand the payment that you do get. But for other people, not getting paid for this, being up there and doing that, wow. You know, what What made you decide to do – because I, I was doing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the longest time. What made you decide to do the beans? I, it's a great idea, by the way, and I want to get back to that and just how you guys have influenced us. But why that instead of, say, peanut butter and jelly, soup, or anything else? Well, yeah, we weighed it. We've talked about it periodically, off and on, about doing different food products and expanding expanding our menu. But really, for our delivery method, a bean burrito is just ideal. It's portable, it's nutritious, and uh, we can keep them hot really easy. Sandwiches. The downside is that they're gonna we can't put them in backpacks. They're gonna get squished. They're gonna turn soggy. So, and the soup puts us back at a table. But we are open to other things, I I think. Yeah, I think the other thing about it it for us is we wanted to be different. I mean, my entire life is is a different model. I mean, everything that I am is different from what people would normally either see or expect. And so um, that that being said, we definitely wanted 
to be different. But yes, it was one of the members, one of the founding members, actually, that uh, had pitched the idea of, hey, let's do bean and cheese burritos. And I know Travis has has had experience working in a Mexican restaurant many, many years ago. And, you know, that kind of came natural to him as well, just to do that. And um, I love beans in almost every format. So, I mean, it's just it's just something that that appeals to not only the people on the street to eat them, but also to us. And again, that goes back to the whole thing of we wouldn't want to pass out something we wouldn't want to eat. And there's nothing wrong with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Uh, We've had other people pitch like a spaghetti dinner. But again, we're open to ideas. But how do you do that logistically? How do you go around and, you know, with the backpack type model, because we definitely want to shy away from the, the soup kitchen lineup. How do you do that? You know, it's not that we're against it. We'd love to do, you know, if you could find some huge rolling truck table, you know, idea and pass out like Thanksgiving dinner, you know, on the street street itself. I mean, I'd be totally fine with doing something like that. But again, it's the logistics behind how do you keep it warm? How how do you keep it sanitary? Because then you've also got, you know, food handler permits and all sorts of other things that could be um, in the way. And where this is just kind of I mean, we've even had people just take a burrito to eat it later just because they're cold and the burrito's hot so they can keep it in their pocket and stay warm. You know, Do you want to talk – sorry to interrupt. Do you want to talk about why we use the thought pattern behind the backpacks so that everybody can understand why we're hung up on backpacks? Right. Yeah, I mean, we, we – we, again, it's we're wanting to put dignity back into – and humanity back into people because – Truthfully, and I've said this before, I am two paychecks missing two paychecks away from being in their situation. I am not that far and that different from those people that we we help. And so, yeah, if if I am, you know, and thinking about it from my own perspective, how diff- how degrading is it to stand in line for a handout from a humanitarian standpoint? You're waiting in line. You're, you already need the assistance, but now you have to wait in line for it. Just like you know, like it, it's. I mean, so the idea behind, right? So the idea behind the backpack is to go out to the people, to interact with them, to get their trust, to understand what situations they're in, to find out how we can help them. If there's any, I mean, one of the things that we started as a result of doing the out in the street was the clothing. I mean, it wasn't by happenstance that we just decided, oh, let's you know donate clothing and let's do these racks and let's you know give the clothing out. No, it was, it was because people were asking. Hey, do you happen to have any clothes, or do you happen to have a coat, or do you happen to have socks, or do you happen to have, you know, which then gets us thinking, okay, well, there's all this need out there, and had we just stood in, you know, put up a table and had people come to us, they probably wouldn't share those type of experiences or information with us. They probably would be less, hes- they'd be more hesitant to do so. But by going out there and interacting with them, I mean, we know quite a few people by name now. We see them quite often, and, and it's ironic that a couple times. Uh, We've been out, and some people, those people haven't been there, and, and people have asked, hey, where's Charles? And we don't know, but we know him by name. We know what he looks like. We recognize him, you know, and we're trying to trying to put more of the humanitarian back in, or the human, human side back into what we do because that's that's hugely important to us. So, yes, the backpacks are a re- reason that we go out to the people is so that we can not only feel a need but also, you know, personalize what we're trying to accomplish and then by gaining their trust it leads us to other adventures and experiences that we're looking at as possibly down the road doing a village project 
and learning from the people what they want to see in that so that we're getting their buy-in and feedback so that what we do isn't going to fall flat on its face when somebody says, oh, well, this is what we're doing, and we built this, and we thought you'd like it, and then come to find out it doesn't even meet half of their needs that they would be required to have. So, again, it's just going out to the people and finding out what they need and, and how we can help them in whatever form that that looks like. And we're not here to solve homelessness altogether. We're not going to, but we're going to make a difference in the community. We're going to help those that we can help because there are some people that won't accept help, and that's fine. But we want to help those that want to be helped, and especially the families. I mean, I have two kids, and it really tugs at your heartstrings when you see, you know, a baby crying in a in a stroller or just, you know, a mother just sitting down on a bench, you know, <laughs> trying to console this, you know, possibly six- or eight-month-old child in the cold. I mean, that's that's tough. <laughs> so, yeah, we want to do everything that we can to try and, and be of positive assistance and find out what their needs are and then be able to to assist in those needs as best as we can. I hope, uh, you know, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I hope some of our, uh, our volunteers and team members are listening. I'd like for some of our folks to call in. Um, there's one thing I wanted to talk about with the backpacks. It was a side effect that I noticed and I'm sure that everyone else has. It's uh, this hero's journey type of event that happens where we'll get a volunteer that thinks they're coming out to do this noble task, and they're going to go out and they're going to go help somebody. But in the process, they're the one that gets helped. So this direct interaction that we get through this model is as beneficial for our volunteers as it is for the people that we're serving, if not more so. I would say and more so. Part of our part of our design and part of our, our underlying desire is to break down some of the apathy in uh, in our society, and to we want to create we want to bring back the village concept where neighbors look after neighbors, where we know each other and we look after each other's needs. And this is just one little one little nip at that big problem. Go ahead, Rob. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And I, you know, I love that whole idea because I, I think uh, it was at one of my son's uh, birthdays. Um, he was actually my oldest one. He when he turned eighteen, and yes, I, I have an eighteen-year-old son because he was an immaculate conception. I'm much too young to have an eighteen-year-old. Hey, um, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, anyway, he he stood up and he thanked everybody. Um, for being there for him, saying that you know it. He quoted that that it takes a village to to raise someone, and that he said, "I'd like to introduce you guys to my village." And all of uh, he introduced his parents and and everybody close to him, and and that's when it really hit me. Yes, actually, this whole village did raise him, and I love that idea. And any time that a village gets together to do anything, great things are done. Crowd crowdfunding now, you know, for me, that's a village supporting you, you know, to to accomplish your goals and. I love the way that you're working together with everyone around you. And I love the way that people are taking notice, like the Salt Lake City News, you know, had a really nice article in there about you guys. And there's, there's there's a quote in there that really just struck something in me. And I thought, you guys, and that's, it's not like I didn't like you before, <laughs> but after reading that, I went, "Wow, that's fantastic!" It was uh, it was actually a quote from the Salt Lake City um, Councilman Kyle Lamafla. 
Malfa? Am I saying Malfa? Yeah, and, and he said Lamalfa. Okay. They aren't counting on someone else to solve the problem. They are owning it. And I love that because he understands, he gets it. You guys get it. That you're not waiting for someone. I know, Ted, you were saying that you're not going to solve homelessness. No, you know, and that's the problem. People get overwhelmed by thinking, I can't do anything. I can't, you know, I can't make that much of a difference. Yes, you can. You absolutely, absolutely. can. Yeah. And, well, and you make a difference in your world. You might not make a difference in the world, but you make a difference in your world. And there, there, there's a huge distinction there, in my opinion, because, yeah, we're not going to solve homelessness as a, as a generality, but we're going to solve some homelessness that we can, and it's going to be in our world, it's going to be our backyard, it's going to be our neighbors, it's going to be our village, it's going to be our family, if you will. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what that's what we're doing, and if that can continue to expand and grow and you get little you know, pieces here and there and everywhere starting to do replicate and trying to you know, do similar things like you guys are in California and have similar ideas and missions. And there's other people in Washington and Virginia and, you know, all over the country trying to make a difference. We will change it, but we change it in our world, not necessarily the world, one at a time. That's it. That's exactly it. And who knows who you'll inspire? Think about that. I mean, if somebody sees what you're doing and say there's a Bruce Wayne type of person out there, which we're all hoping for, right? Um, Absolutely. And yeah, we all need that benefactor. And say that person what loves you what you're about? doing. What's that? Did you do that, Buck? What are you talking about? Oh, my God. I want to start with that. Oh, here we go. Here we go. With the, are you, you going to add your two cents in, Bug? Because he just loves to quote him. Oh, I thought you were going to do it yourself. Holy fruit salad. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Robin. Um I was saying, who knows who you'll inspire to do this on an even bigger scale. But you guys are already doing it on a big scale because um, you guys are the the you guys actually initiated me into the uh, what is it baby backpack? What do we call them? What do you call them when you're wearing them in the front? Burrito baby. Burrito baby. Thank you. Yeah, and that is it was brilliant. My back didn't hurt. Well, for those who are wondering what I'm talking about, we we met at Project Hope, which is a once a year meetup of a group of people called Real Life Superheroes, and these are people who try to go out and um, do good things also for the community. But there's a once a year meetup um, in San Diego, and that's soon to expand actually uh, in San Diego, where we get together and we feed the homeless, and it's put on by this great guy in Razorhawk and a bunch of uh, people who pitch in like the Legacy Initiative. Well, these guys brought 1,100 burritos, hot burritos, that they had made that morning um, to this homeless in San Diego. And to keep them piping hot, I know, because you know what? I had one. Oh, my God. That was a really good burrito. You know? Uh, anyway, they, I'll get back to that. But these guys you handed me a... a shout while you're, while you're on, oh. we've got to give a shout to Jeanette and April for backing oh, yeah. us up on that. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping they'll call in. Volunteers with a, with a crew yeah. and with a kitchen. If you guys are listening, Jeanette or April, call in, please. Anybody, please feel free. You want to talk to these guys? Call in. Um, but they put this. They gave me this backpack. They gave a bunch of us these backpacks, and we wore them on the front and filled them with these piping hot burritos. And they weren't heavy. Wearing them on the front like that was brilliant because then you could just unzip it and hand it to somebody. I handed it out to about handed them to about thirty people, and then I'm going, man, 
these actually look really good. You know, and you can't see the burrito, but just the way they're packaged, you can tell they're warm, you can tell they're full. You're going, I really want one. And I didn't want to take one away from a homeless person, but there was a point where you guys passed us while we were walking and you said, please eat one, you know? And, yep. you know, and, and I went, oh, cool. They gave us the okay. <laughs> So you're absolutely well, right. Well, it goes back to the it goes back to the twofold right. scenario where we want people to trust us, so we want people right. to eat them. But again, no judgment. If you are hungry, you eat them. I can't tell you how grateful I would have been as a poor, starving college student for three years eating nothing but ramen and bagels oh to have gosh. somebody say, "Hey, would you like a burrito?" And I would have said, "Yes." I wasn't Heck homeless. Yeah. I wasn't, but hey, I was hungry. Oh, I would have right. loved that. Oh, absolutely. And especially a burrito. And, and the fact that you're using, um, you're just using beans and cheese and, you know, the hot sauce, that's great because there are people out there who, I've had people turn down granola bars because they have dental problems where they can't chew hard things. And I've had people mm-hmm. say no because even starving, they just, they can't eat meat. They they won't do it. So, um, you know, this solves everything and they taste so good. You guys, you guys, you guys changed this. I, I was gonna wait for a Sakura Torah of the, um, of the California branch of the Initiative Los Angeles to call in because, because of you guys, we made 200 burritos and brought them to, um, to. I'm sorry, Bug is giving me a. Oh, I see. We've got a caller. You know, we're gonna take this caller. Yeah. We've got a caller from your home state. So, uh, who is this? Welcome, caller. Welcome, welcome. It's just oh, your friendly neighborhood supervillains. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that would be for those of you who are listening and going, "Who the hell is that?" That would be one of our very favorite. With superheroes, also come supervillains. There's always That's a balance. Right. This is a supervillain extraordinaire, Captain Blackheart. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. What's up, Captain? Now, you I had to, to call in. I heard all of this love on the radio, and I thought, man, I'd better call in and disrupt the hell out of this. Did we give you a cavity? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm getting diabetes, and I, I think I'm going <laughs> to. You're mocking me, aren't you? So I have a little story to talk about the Legacy Initiative, if I may. Mm -hmm. So the other night, the other night I decided I've been hearing a lot about these Legacy Initiative folks, and come to find out they're even in my home state. So what do I do? I put on my best pair of black pajamas and decide. I'm going to infiltrate the Legacy Initiative. I crawled on my belly. I came in, peeped through the windows, but then I'll be damned if one of them didn't catch me. Happy I think it was. It. I think it was. I, I don't know if I ever had it, Rock. That's that's probably. <laughs> just rubbed it way. <laughs> so as I was. Peeping in through the windows, one of those uh, Legacy Initiative guys, I think he calls himself Ted. I think that's his name. That's what he calls himself, something like that. Teddy, Teddy Ruxpin, something like that. Anyway, 
So as I'm sneaking in, friend? he, he <laughs> meant, <laughs> don't derail me, Teddy. I've got a story I'm in the middle of. So as I peep in through the windows, I notice that there's a whole bunch of people in the living room, and one's got a baggie, the other one's got deodorant, one's got shampoo, and they're all putting them into bags. And I thought, my God, what what are they doing? So after I decided I would, I've, our, the jig is up, so I decided to go in, and I'll hate to tell you this, but they not only gave me something to drink, they also gave me something to eat, and then kind of explained their operation. And I gotta admit, they're pretty dedicated, they're pretty motivated, and they're goddamn nice as hell. <laughs> and I don't. I think the fuzzy-faced one even hugged me before I left. It was there was also the biggest dog you've ever seen. You could have rode that dog into battle, and I about shit my pants when I went into their garage. Wasn't was <laughs> as big as the dog? That thing poops bigger than me. I swear to God. No, no, I heard I heard tale about a bird, some type of bird. Oh, now, now that's the best part of the whole show. It strikes true to a pirate's heart. You know, they've got other animals around the house, and they had a a bird, like a parrot, a little small pet. Well, I don't know what it's called, a a little bird parrot thing. <laughs> it not only flew out of the cage, it's lit right down on a girl's shoulder. Now that was. That was pretty impressive, but not only does it do that, it also drinks. So, oh, I tried to put it underneath my jacket and smuggle it out of the house, but they caught me for that, too. I must be losing my skills. But yes, I have to admit, these Legacy Initiative guys, I, I really think that they might actually be the real deal. I think so. I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I I keep trying to find flaw, you know, with them, and uh, I'm coming up short so far, uh, you know. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that out loud, that every now and then no. I'm Happy's evil uh, accomplice, but, but it's okay. It's okay. I've got a good side, too. So, um, <laughs> But, yeah, Cappy can't find a thing. Can't find a thing. Keep trying to dig in those closets. No skeletons are coming out. You know what's coming out of closets? More food supplies. It's pathetic. It really is. I hate to- I hate to tell you this, and I went into old Fuzzy Face's garage, mm-hmm. and it looks like a Salvation Army just exploded in that garage. <laughs> trailer. Oh, that's bad. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> the trailer, then. Yeah, you he's got enough trailer either. <laughs> he's got enough clothes in there that he could wear a different pair every day and then burn them, and he would still be fashionable. <laughs> Yeah, he could probably wear a new pair of clothes every day for 10 years. Yeah, they are definitely motivated. Are those, are those, Travis, are those, uh, are those handout things that you're getting? That is clothing for November Street Boutique. Oh, yeah, you know what? You and I, if Kathy went into our garage, as a, go ahead, as. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say Kathy. Look, oh, I'm talking over I'm going to show up, shut up, and let you guys. You guys have the good stories. Go ahead. Go ahead, oh, fuzzy face. She's talking to you. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, I was just going to make a, a lame joke about uh, extreme hoarding or something like that. But you know, go ahead. 
Well, I was going to make that same joke, but I saw how big your dog was, and I thought you'd sick him on me. <laughs> Not a problem you, unless you, admit you have one. <laughs> That's true. The first step is admitting. But you know what, Cappy? It's pathetic because if you were to come into our garage right now, we have bags and bags of clothes too and and my sister often looks in there and goes what are you guys doing with all those ba-? they're they're to give out we don't know where else to store them so it's you know until till uh, november's signs of hope project we got we got to hang on to all those clothes you going to be joining us on that uh cappy you going to join the uh, legacy initiative out there for signs of hope yeah we're yeah we're definitely trying to get that going you know i'm i'm trying to think uh maybe i can bring some of my old hats Maybe some old goggles I used to wear when I was a youth, maybe. <laughs> we'll even accept empty rum bottles. Oh, oh well, if that's go. the case, you're going to come up with a lot of those. You'll need a truck. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah I'm, I'm, you're going to, you think your garage is filled now. You want to see my garage with rum you bottles. You are correct, sir. <laughs> oh, we'll take them. Well, Lisa's got her carrots. We're okay. <laughs> You know, when they started to really win me over is when I noticed uh, the fuzzy-faced one took me down into the basement. And he's got a home brewery down there in the basement, just jugs oh, and jugs of alcohol. I heard about that, and I was so jealous. You know, I'm not a beer, big beer drinker, but when it comes to home-brewed stuff, man. Oh, you'd like this, Rock. You'd like this. Uh, wow. It's raspberry. It's no. delicious. No, I I oh. I love raspberry. Are you kidding me? Wow. It is. It's very good, actually. I've got to admit. Mm. So I tried to put that in my pants to smuggle it out, <laughs> but... Uh, you couldn't get a beer there. bottle in your pants? <laughs> well, yeah. They thought I was just excited to see them. You know, <laughs> you know the California... Right now a beer bottle? <laughs> it, was a, it was a very big bottle, so I thought maybe I could pull it off. Oh, oh my God! Okay, that's pretty good. The California Initiative, Los Angeles, is in the chat room saying some. You have some peg legs for the handicap there. Too. Okay, and you know what? Speaking of peg legs, Cappy, if yes. you lost a leg and used a peg leg, think of all the things you could smuggle if that leg hollow. I don't know. I just you know I got to follow a thought to its odd conclusion. I. I Okay, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> Man, you're really talking me into being an amputee, you know? <laughs> That's a lot of popcorn you could get into the movie theater. <laughs> True that. That makes no sense. Snipebug. <laughs> <laughs> but then it would just taste like sweat and shame, you know? Is that not what popcorn tastes like? Holy Jesus! <laughs> you know what's funny is is right now on on the line... I've got I've got Travis Ted, Captain Blackheart, and I've got Bug in front of me. All of you in somewhere or other, I've seen you all completely drunk. I just realized oh, yeah. all of you. That's and hilarious. Film of some of us. You are correct, sir. Right. You, you know, it's funny because I've seen Travis though and Ted. I got to give them credit. They they held their own. They didn't vomit. All night, and uh, like I know, Bug is raising his eyebrows. Like I, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh yes, you do, because Captain Blackheart ruined you that night. That was it. And, well, that's uh, all right. I tried to, I tried to pee on a television set and kissed everyone. You know, so <laughs> including the parrot. He doesn't grow up this way. Oh my good 
times, good times. And you see, you guys think Blog Talk Radio, we're all just so straight laced and nice. We we're oh, real the blind people. Kid, the dead bird. Pretty bird. Too much. Um, okay, so Cappy, uh, I am going to. Can I keep you on hold, or you got to go somewhere? Well, actually, I'm going to go. I'll let you guys get back to your diabetes love fest. I think yeah. there's probably some things here at the headquarters I need to take care of. But uh, I'll definitely stay on in the chat room and talk some monster trash in there or have the uh, the little woman there talk some trash to you as well, if we can. Oh, the so Baroness. I just yeah. wanted to call in and say, damn you, initiative folks. Damn you. He's not doing anything awful for five seconds. Giant dogs and nice delicious book. beverages. Damn <laughs> you. Thank you, Cappy. Thanks. All right, we'll, we'll see you. Have yeah. a good night, everyone. See you, Cap. That has Not to be to one of my... Not to get off topic, Rock. Not to get off oh. topic, Rock. Oh, Raspberry Red. That uh-huh. was what uh, got me to drink beer because I was, I was like you. I was not a huge beer drinker. But the raspberry red is, uh, is will definitely change your change your mind. Well, you know oh. we're planning another trip out there. We have to. I mean, it's a, uh, it's you guys are only a twelve twelve hour drive. You guys should know you did it in one one night. And <laughs> that was actually only uh, eight or nine. Really? We left. Did somebody at, drive we left, at, we left at noon. Uh huh. We drove straight. Uh huh. Well, I guess I should say I drove straight. Uh, we got home at, what time did we get home? Like 9 o'clock, 9.20, Travis? Yeah. yeah, it was like 9. Wow. And there's an hour time change. So it was only wow. like, but, but that was from San Diego, though. So I don't know. That's I, I don't right. know. If, you know but it, it, we it'd, it'd be about the same, I would guess. I, yeah, I think it would be equidistant from, from there. But I, you know what? We've got you guys out there. We've got Cappy and Baroness and their family, and um, it's you know we just we we've been out there a couple times now, and every time we you know it's like we love it. We love it. Good food, good people, you know, good times, just Absolutely. craziness. So um, yeah, we need a big awkward family reunion. Yeah, we do. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That would be awesome. Um, but yes, I'm gonna. So you better. Brew some of that for when I'm out there. I get out there and you're going, Rock, there's none. I'm turning right back around and getting in the car. I'm getting in the car and I'm oh, going, Oh, there's plenty. If there's not plenty by the time <laughs> you get out here, you may have you may have be witnessing some other things. <laughs> okay. This will be this actually I don't know if we'll have time for all of that. That's the other thing. We we're so busy. Yeah. You guys are busy because you know what? I'm I'm sitting here thinking, I gotta bring you guys back to Dignity Village because I love that idea and I know you guys touched on it for two seconds but you, can you give the audience our listeners a, a, a little bit more about that because honestly I'm watching to see how that turns out because I think we could use that here I think we could use it in LA in New York I think we'd use one everywhere so would you mind telling them about Dignity Village yeah you bet uh, yeah we're watching to see how it turns out too <laughs> we're uh, we're at a and that that village project is the reason that the show is happening tonight. We've got a meeting, a weekly meeting that's now going on to push that project forward every Tuesday. And uh, we've teamed up with some other really great organizations. We've reached out into the into the nonprofit world in our area and 
pulled together an all-star team that's going to help put this together. So this this project it's a it's a hybrid taken from several different village concepts. Uh, the Portland Dignity Village, the the Tiger Bay uh, Village out in Florida, their their proposal. We've uh, we've taken just cherry pick from these different ideas and uh, put together a proposal of what we would like to see. So the the ideas of this would be a largely self-sustaining eco-village that uh, ultimately it would be controlled and, and turned over to the residents that would live there. So they would we would form a, a village council, or rather the people, the residents would form their village council, and they will assume control of it. And at that point, we'll step back. We just want to we just want to get it launched, and then let it do its thing. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Well, all I was going to say was we want what we what we've seen at least in Utah is there's a lot of good groups out there and a lot of good people that are doing a lot of good things, but the efforts aren't coordinated and we think we can, for lack of a better term, synergize and gain better efficiency. What? The power word. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> All working together. I mean, what we'd like to foresee having some small offices on the on the site that could house like uh, Volunteers of America or United Way or the you know some of the local shelters here have administrative needs as well as you know a small office for Legacy Initiative and some other groups um, just so we can coordinate. Maybe even possibly having you know a, uh, a medical center. You know, possibly even down the road having places, you know, where people could get a haircut, maybe even a resource center where you could have some donated uh, computers and some Internet so people could look for jobs. I mean, just yes. kind of a whole, like, self-sustaining. But like Travis says, we don't want to run it. We don't want to be in charge of it. We don't want to do all of that stuff. We just want to facilitate it. And then we want to let the people, you know, allow them to work at it and, you know, have a community garden where, you know, they can put in community service hours or somebody needs some sort of like maybe an Eagle Scout project or somebody needs to work off some community hours because they possibly got in trouble in the legal sense. Here's a place that you can do it that can benefit the community, can benefit the people that live there. Can be, I mean, just something that can be beneficial to the entire community to help, again, and more with the families, per se, not necessarily, you know, the – and it wouldn't necessarily just be for families, but we see a lot of families where in the shelters the, the dads are separated from the moms and the kids, right? I mean, Exactly. To me, to me, as a parent of children, and I only have my kids part-time, it, it's the most difficult thing to be away from your kids when you really want to be and not of any circumstance – of your own that you have, you know, that you've caused to not be with your family, but just because of the way that the shelter is set up, women go and kids go here and men go there. I mean, you know, and and that's, that's one of the things that we want to definitely try and change, which is, which is why we would be more uh, leaning toward having families stay there so they could stay together and work together and work out of the situation that they're in. We're still still streamlining that and looking at uh, different options. Uh, And there's, we need to be, we're in a place now that we're getting ready to start working, networking with uh, the shelters and the other existing services uh, to uh, and pull them in on this project. Uh, there's some legal issues to look at 
when children inv- are involved. And uh, there's, still, there's still a lot of things to look at that direction, and we may end up going a direction where it's all just adults, uh, which leaves the shelters to take care of families, and maybe they can alter the way they operate. So there's this is a a, a comprehensive plan that's coming together on this thing that that we want to rally the whole community and everybody involved uh, in, for lack of a better word, the homeless industry uh, in this area. There's a Ted Ted talked about the. Uh, Gosh, my brain just went dead. How about that? Talked <laughs> <laughs> about uh, creating a, a an office space where support services can have uh, satellite offices. We've also talked about employment being a big issue, and the idea has been bounced to create a, a CSA that could serve as employment. And there's there's a just a ton of ideas happening with this thing. And I've got a feeling oh, and that having, it, a, having a really post office box so people could, if they applied for a job, would have a quote unquote, you know, place to receive mail because that's one of the other thing, other requirements that it seems that you have to have in order to get a job. Which, if you're Absolutely. homeless and you don't have a mailbox or a residence, how are you going to establish that? I mean, it's again these barriers to entry that we've created for ourselves that we're trying to break down and try and assist with and try and make easier so that because. In my experience, a lot of people that are there aren't there because they're lazy. They're not there because they don't want to work. They're not there because it's just because of certain, you know, financial situations, which, you know, we all could be in, you know, if we skip a few paychecks. I'm sure we could all be there ourselves. And so just trying to find ways that we can creatively assist in that process because those people don't necessarily want to be there, but that's the situation that they're in. And until they can find something better, which we're hoping to be able to assist in that process and make that time between unemployment and homelessness shorter, then they can get back on their feet. They can, you know, feel good about themselves and be, you know, productive in society once again, which, again, helps everyone. I mean, it's it's this rolling ball of we help them to help other people to help other people to help other people. Um, and, and that's, you know, when Travis talks about apathy, that's what we're trying to break down. We're trying to get people to realize that we're not so different from those people that are staying there you know, this the stigma is that they're lazy or they are addicted to drugs or they're this or they're that. You know, it's easy to put labels on people and to decide why they're there and why we're better than them and that they should really, you know, do something about it. And, or you know, and we have the opportunity to do something about it ourselves. And if we can, we should. And we shouldn't just wait for somebody else to do something or wait for the government to bail them out or wait for, you know, it's like we have an opportunity to do it. We're going to do it. And that's what we're doing. And that's you know, so if we can facilitate in that in any way, that's that's what we're trying to trying to accomplish. And I think it helps the entire you know community, not just those that we're actually possibly physically helping, you know, with employment or with housing or with food or whatever or clothing. But you know, in the whole long run, we're trying to help the entire community. So, you know, I, you you said something that this is important, and and I agree. There's a there's. Seraph uh, from the California Initiative Los Angeles branch is, is in the chat room, and he was saying, especially with the state of our economy and government right now, um, yeah, I agree w- with what you're saying about how we uh, we we tend to label, don't we? So that I think I think when we label, we 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 somehow try to absolve ourselves of guilt, you know, and mm-hmm. and 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 then we give ourselves an out for not taking any action and. Um, 
you're absolutely right. I've seen people out there who have, you know, nothing else other than a, a bad set of circumstances that have happened to bring them out into yep. the cold. And that, oh, my God, um, which brings me to this, and I wanted to ask you guys because I know that uh, we have a church here called Glide Memorial Church in San Francisco, and it's every Thanksgiving it's it's packed with volunteers who are, you know, because they, I think they serve the most meals in the entire Bay Area to the homeless. And um, several times I took my kids when they were younger to uh, to these tr- and we volunteered and my kids were wonderful mm-hmm. and I loved w- working next to them. Um, you know, just uh, seeing how they it, it, it tore down the apathy with them at a young age. But I'll tell you, one of my worst moments um, doing this was when this young man um, walked in and he had his head down. He was, you know, he was clean. He was he was obviously wasn't if he was homeless, it wasn't for long. Um, but he he didn't appear to be on anything. He just, you know, very embarrassed to be there. And he could barely make eye contact with us as we're giving him his food. And, and you could tell he, you know, it, it was just so devastating for him to have to be there. And there was no one else with him. And I that was, that was one of my worst moments. And the other one was um, when we, like you guys, we've, we've had food that we gave to a family. This, this family had been recently, um, you know, had lost their place. And the little boy was barefoot, and it was cold. It was winter, and he was in a stroller. They were living in this little doorway. And he, uh, uh, we asked his dad, hey, um, does does he need shoes? And he didn't speak much English, but he, was, he conveyed to us that the reason that the little boy didn't have shoes was because um, his slippers had gotten wet from running around, you know, and, and it was slightly damp on the ground. So they took them off of him. Um, so as a mom, uh, if you want to punch me in the gut and bring me down for the count, that's pretty much it. That's all it takes. Um, we bought him shoes, but I I almost didn't want to go back out on the street again after that for two weeks because it, it was really devastating to me to see that because I wanted to bring them home to my house. So, you know, we wanted to try to help them find somewhere to go. There were a few of them. There were about five of them. So I couldn't bring them home to my house. But I mean, I should have. But at the same time, my husband reminded me that, you know, if you do this with everyone, you know, it's try to help them find a place to live. Try to help them long term. That helps. But, I, you know, I know you guys have seen things like that. And I, I'm not trying to, to make you ache right now or anything, but it's it's just so that people can understand what we go through when we're out there. I I was wondering if you both have a worst moment when you were out there and you just felt completely helpless. I've got I've got a couple of them. Um the the first one was our very first time out. Oh my. Uh, we had been, we had been throughout the whole city. And uh, we were getting ready to wind down. And uh, we ended up at Pioneer Park, kind of near uh, the epicenter of of the homeless population in our area. And uh, there was this lady, and I'm sure, Ted, you remember this lady. Oh, yeah. uh, She was detoxing off of something. Uh, She looked like she had just had somebody somebody beaten the snot out of her just recently. And... uh, we we gave her one of those tacos from from Del Taco, and this lady, you know, I, I feed her, and she's 
she's crying and like kissing my hands, and my hands are wet from this lady's tears. Oh my and god! She's crying <clears throat> and thanking me for a damn thirty cent taco. Like, how how can you ever be the same after that? And right. I, that was what that that moment cemented it for me. It was like the the course of my life changed in that moment. And uh, I think that was that was like one of the big moments. And then though, just on our last trip out on a red team patrol, we were out. Uh, we were just across the street from from the gateway area. Those that know this area, we were next to the wall by one of the shelters, and we were talking to somebody. And uh, one of the windows was cracked open, and you could hear babies inside there crying in the shelter. Oh my. It was uh, it was more than I could take. Like you know, guys, we, we can we just move, please? <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta go. You know, I'm like trying not to get all emotional. I'm supposed to be out there being the tough guy. And uh, man, I I don't know how. Uh, I my 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 hat goes off to the volunteers that are working inside the shelter every day, and uh, directly exposed to to this every day. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, you know, um Sarah from the uh in the chat room is saying it's because something so simple reminded her the lady that you know is crying um that she wasn't dead to the world. You gave faith back uh in humanity to her. And that's a huge thing. Travis and Ted, it's huge. It's it's. Think about it. If that was, if you know, just like you said, we're two paychecks away from being them, right? Say we're yeah. out there and and we're feeling just like the world has forgotten about us and does not, you know, care about us anymore. And somebody walks up and hands you something, one, you know, just just anything, something warm and 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 they listen to you for a minute. Doesn't that just make you feel like? There are angels out there that, you know, there are yeah, people yeah. out there who are good, regardless of how many bad ones we meet, that we know that they're still they're still among, you know, all the bad ones. There are beautiful ones like you guys. And, Cappy, yeah, I'm sorry and, if we're giving you diabetes, <laughs> Cappy, but, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And those are the types of experiences that you can't put a price tag on. Those are the types of things. I mean, I remember my – I think it was our second or third outreach – when I came around the corner and there is this mother with this baby in a stroller and this baby doesn't have any, hardly any clothes and this baby is crying and it, it wasn't cold, but it was getting dusk time. I don't know if you were there with us, Travis. I know Mary Ellen was and they were looking at the, you know, everyone wanted to see the dog and I look over and there's this lady with this baby in the stroller and the baby's crying and the baby doesn't have any, hardly any clothes and it's starting to get cold and it was a girl and I have two girls and that just it gets you it just gets you where you just you just you you can't help but just want to take them in want to like right give them the shirt off your i mean you just want to do something you just feel you feel for these people and and that was probably for me one of the moments when i decided hey i'm going to do this for as long as i'm physically able to do this because you know i I do want to show that there are good people out there in the world. And I have been, I haven't been homeless. I mean, I didn't grow up, you know, in any stretch of the imagination where I thought that 
you know, I'm sure my parents went without, and I'm sure my parents sacrificed a lot for for me and my sister. But at the end of the day, you know, I didn't have that type of experience. But what I did learn was I learned at a very early age to be grateful. I learned at a very early age that, you know, things just don't come to you that, that is not expected. If somebody hands you something, you know, be thankful, be grateful, show your appreciation. And that's one thing that I see every single time that we go out there, every single time, whether it's a red team patrol, whether it's a homeless outreach, whether it's clothing, just people look at you and say thank you. I mean, th- that is more than enough payment for anything that you could ever, all the time that you get up at whatever time in the morning, all the beans that you sort through, all the, you know, whatever. That, that the one thank you, the smile, the, the human interaction, that just, that moment is just, it's priceless. And that and that's what makes it all worthwhile to me. And that's why I keep doing this is because I know I'm making a difference in somebody else's life. And I know that there are people that have made a huge difference in my life. And I'm just trying to give back to everything that I've received. You know, I know that I'm, I've been a truly blessed individual. I mean, I was adopted when I was six months old from Korea. Um, I don't know my birth parents at all. If I ever met them, I'd just say thank you in Korean, even though I don't even know how to say it. But... <laughs> I mean, that, you know, just, I mean, so the whole idea of, like, love and service and family and, I mean, I have this, you know, call it skewed or different perception of the world than than some just based on, you know, the experiences that I've had. And that's what, that's what helps me do what I do. And that's what keeps me motivated. And, and that's what, you know, and, that, and that's the, the root of why I do what I do is because of that. And so those, those types of experiences, you can't put a price tag on, you can't. I mean, they like Travis said, they change you, <laughs> and you're not the yeah. same person ever again, ever. Absolutely. And, and you'd have to have like no feeling whatsoever to not be touched. I mean, I, I know you know from hundreds of experiences of our volunteers that you talk to after the homeless outreach. How was it, especially for the new folks? You know, what did you think? What was your experience? What did you feel? You know, and there's never been anyone that hasn't said that they felt great about it. They were happy that they did it. They can't wait for the next one. They want to. What else can they do? What else can they get involved in? How else can they help? I mean, it's just that, and, and, and you can't put a price tag on it. You can't put words really to it. You just have to experience it for yourself. And I say this in my posts to the new people that once you come aboard our group, you will never be the same person again. And and I honestly and truly mean that. I don't mean that, you know, I, I mean, people, if they get involved and want to help out, will never be the same people again. You, you just can't not be touched. You can't not, you know, gain something from the experience at all. It's it's impossible, in my opinion. Wholeheartedly agree with you there. I, I try to explain to other people, it's funny. People go, why do you do this? Why do you keep doing this? And you can, t- you can try to tell them. You can try to put it yep. in words. But honestly, until you drag them out, so what I've started doing is just dragging them out with me. I, I, my poor sister, she had no idea on her birthday. <laughs> I took her out with me on a, on a, um, needle pickup just, just for, it was just a quick one. It was a half hour one. And I know, you know, and then after that, of course I took her out and pampered her, but I, I, what I did was I, I wanted her to see, cause you guys walked down a place called Poo Alley also. I, I read that in, in the Salt Lake City news. We've got, you know, names for our alleys too, like Poop Cake Alley is named because, uh, I'll just let you imagine it. Whatever you think it is, that's exactly what it is. But you know, so she goes, "Great, you know, I'm, I'm." So you're, you're putting on a protective, 
vest on me and we're which we don't do all the time but she's new she's not trained so I we put a protective vest on her and we you know gloved her up and and took her out and gave her a you know a thing to pick up something to pick up the needles and after half an hour of it she's like wow you guys do this every weekend I, yeah that's what we do and I just wanted you I knew you would feel good if you did it because she did she felt good picking them up and then after that I said well now we're gonna go you know do the mani petty thing because now you'll appreciate it more you know yep. you're you're all of the luxury and she goes you know i really do after that after seeing you know because she got to see firsthand the users and the and some of the homeless that were out there and <clears throat> you know <laughs> poor thing now she's never gonna let me surprise her again for her birthday but um <laughs> That's awesome yeah um i was i was also gonna say that uh you guys we're saying that, and, and I like this, I, this one thing I, I admire about the Legacy Initiative is that you guys do this beta testing, <laughs> if you will, um, because unless we've been homeless in the same way that lots of the homeless have been, and I mean, you know, time-wise and, and consequence-wise, I mean, we don't really, really know what their needs are beyond, you know, say food and, and the essentials. We don't know. I, you know, I... I had no idea that they would value something softer to eat over something chewier. I had no idea that they weren't looking for blankets as much as they were looking for tarps, you know, or something to keep them dry and up off the ground. I, you know, things like that. I had no idea. Um, and and I like the fact that you're asking them. You're going straight to them to get the info, and you're not reading a bunch of stats that you know say some some focus group has has you know uh picked up from their walks out there without asking so uh oh go ahead well i learned something early on in my life that for me has you know if you have a problem with someone you go talk to them you don't talk about them you don't talk to other people about them you don't try and find out if you have a problem you go talk to them if you have an issue you go talk to them if you want to find out ask them I mean, it, it's a very simple principle, you know, and the same thing you do with a kid, right? And, and again, mm-hmm. going back to basics, if you're a mm-hmm. kid, like my 10-year-old daughter says, why? She says, why, probably 50 times a day. Oh, why, yeah. Why, are we doing, why do you do that? Why are you, why are you sorting the laundry? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing the dishes? Why are you, you know? But, so, you know, and I never get, I don't. I internalize it, and I'm like, she just wants to know. She's not being annoying. She's not trying to get under my nerves. She just wants to know genuinely why I'm doing this. She's trying to learn. So I take that, and I say, you know what? If I want to learn about something, I'm going to ask a question. If I want to know, you know, how I can help somebody, what better way than to just ask them, you know? I mean, if you don't ask the question, you're not going to get the answer. You You can make assumptions. You can pass judgments. You can whatever you want all day long, but you'll never really know. There's a, um, and I, I probably told a lot of people this story, but there's this lady, and she's getting ready to cook a ham for her Christmas dinner, and she takes the ham out of the oven, she cuts off both ends of the ham, and sticks the ham in the pan. And the daughter says, why did you do that, Mom? And she's like, I don't know, it's just the way your grandma did. Call your grandma. So she calls the grandma up, and she says, Grandma, why did you cut the end of the ends of both of the hams off? She's like, I don't know, that's the way your grandma, my, my mother did it, your great-grandma, why don't you call her? So she gets on the phone and calls her great-grandma and says, great-grandma, why do you cut the ends of the ham off, you know, on both ends? Isn't that wasteful? 
She's like, there's got to be a reason. And she's like, yeah, because the ham wouldn't fit in the pan. <laughs> but people do things over and over and over without thinking about why. They don't ask the question. You could have saved how many generations of butt ends of the ham or eaten them. You know, but no, everyone just does it because that's the way everyone else does it. That makes no sense. Right. Yeah, if you stop and ask a question, why are we doing it this way? Or, you know, how can we help you? How can we better your situation? What can we do to help you? Then you'll know the answer. Then it's not a guessing game. It's not an assumption. It's not an anything. It's just, you know what, some some people said that they would rather have, you know, candy, or some people said they'd rather have this, or some people say... You know, I mean, we've seen animals out on the street, which has then prompted us to add dog food to what our normal homeless outreach would be, which we've gotten some donations. We put them in bags, and the the next one that we do, we're going to pass out dog food. But if you don't observe and if you don't ask the question, you'll never know. Amen. So that's, you know, I mean, it's straight from the horse's mouth, for lack of a better term. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, speaking of dog food, uh, um, that. You reminded me because we've been planning this, um, and that's thank you for the the easy segue into Signs of Hope, um, which is our uh, it's it's grown into three days of international homeless outreach, and what better team to pair up with than the Legacy Initiative? Um, but we thought about bringing dog food too because, like you said, there lots of people have the animals to keep them company, to keep them warm, you know, and um, it's. It's sad. Like, I, I believe you were telling me, Ted, that you, you see people take the food that they could be eating and they'll give it to their dog instead. And you're thinking, oh, you know, it's the poor dog, he has to eat, yes, but so do you. So the dog food's a great idea. And um, the Signs of Hope event that we're all doing together, uh, the next one is our Fall Signs of Hope, and I believe that's November 16th. It's on a Saturday. And for anyone mm-hmm. listening... Um, it's a day of of we got this idea from the Legacy Initiative. We are we are doing we we would give out clothes, but I liked your method better. I don't like putting them on the ground and letting it be a free for all, which was what was happening. I like the fact that you've got the street boutiques where you make the the makeshift um um coat rack, I mean clothing racks and then just sort them and let them, you know, go through them, you know, with dignity. Like you said, now we did. This was also a trial and error. Right. We did the, we did the putting the clothing out on tarps and and tried to, and we realized quickly that that was not the best way to do this. And no, so, it's not. Again, yeah. through trial and error, we've learned, you know, that this that there's a better way to do it. And the last time we did it with the coat racks and with all, you know, all the the different clothing on men's, women's, and children's racks was. Definitely better. I still think we can dial it in even better, and I, you know, I think we can do some sizing, and I think we can, you know, have it be a little more streamlined because we were still somewhat sorting some clothes at the same time as hanging them up and and so on and so forth. I think we can, you know, do a little better job of that ourselves. But you know, it is through trial and error before you dial it in and decide this is exactly the best way that we can come up with with all the information that we have to do it a certain way. And I think it'll I think we'll probably change our process again over time, I'm sure, because somebody down the road will have a different idea and say, Hey, have you ever thought about doing this? Let's <laughs> try it and it might work out better. So we're not saying that the way that we do it is the best way to do it, but with our experience, that's the best way we've learned to do it thus far. 
you know, and that inspired me. I thought about that. I thought about okay, because I, you know, I went, I got to go down with the uh, um, California, uh, the LA branch of the uh, California Initiative, and because we'd seen you guys do it at Hope. Uh, I think poor, poor Travis. I think it was your anniversary, and I'm texting you. I'm sorry about you on your anniversary, but you know, and and he's given me. I, I we had questions about the burritos and and certain things about them, and and you were so kind to take the time out from your anniversary to answer the questions. You know, by texting me back, that was awesome. Um, yeah, but, you can thank Misty for being cool. <laughs> oh, Misty, thank you so much, man. That was I felt like such a jerk. I'm like I. I don't want to bug them, but at the same time, you know, and I realized I could have bugged Ted. So, because I think yeah. the question was, you know, I have an anniversary. Thank you oh, for bringing that up. <laughs> That's okay, Ted. I'll keep you company anytime you need it. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I feel like a jerk. Thanks. No, but, um, so anyway, we we did the burritos, like you said, we did two hundred, and um, we passed them out in in under ten minutes at Skid Row. And this this is why I'm bringing up Signs of Hope too, because it's going to be all over. It's uh, if you're listening in and you're wondering what it is, it's like I said, it's uh, it's now three days of homeless outreach. It 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 came from the idea of Project Hope, which was the San Diego based once a year real life superhero meetup. Um, but we realized that not everybody could get to San Diego during Comic-Con and, you know, that weekend, and um, not everybody could give out food, you know. Not we wanted, we wanted people to do what they could do with what they had, and even if it was nothing, even if it meant getting people out there just to talk to the homeless, sometimes all they need is an ear. So um, it was in 17, uh, 17 states, including... Um, Canada, and now it's going to the UK, and in 22 cities across the country. So the idea is to just do this all together on the same day, and that way we all feel like we're connected somehow. Um, so we've got people doing homeless outreach everywhere uh, on these days. The next one is November 16th, and I'm bringing up Skid Row uh, for two reasons. I know that... Uh, you know, when we when I went down there, I had never seen Skid Row firsthand, and it blew me away. Uh, I'm going to keep saying that, but it did. I couldn't believe they have. Um, and because of you, Travis, I watched that that documentary. Uh, what is it? Lost Angels. Um, all about yeah. Skid Row. Oh man, it's eye opening and heartbreaking all at once. And it was um, it was talking about the the fact that Skid Row has the biggest homeless population, biggest stable homeless population in the United States uh, with an average of three to 6,000 people at any given time. And I was blown away. And the first thing I thought when I was out there handing out those burritos with the rest of the California Initiative um, uh, LA was we could really use the Legacy Initiative's thousand burritos right now. And even a thousand might not have been enough. So next year... We're going to go do Project Hope in two places. We're going to do it in San Diego like we originally did. Um, but we're absolutely, the Legacy Initiative is going to join us in L.A. to do it in at Skid Row. And with that, we're hoping to have some free barbers. And we're hoping to do some free street medic patching up, just simple bandaging because we can't do anything too complicated. We, we also don't want to get you know uh, into any legal problems. And of course, the home and the clothing. I mean, the home, the clothing and the food. So, um, 
that's going on next July. But November 16th, I believe we've all got our own different types of uh, homeless outreach going on. And um, I'm reading in the chat room that uh, Seraph of the California Initiative of Los Angeles is going to try to get the L.A. Guardian Angels involved as well. And this goes back to something that, Travis, that you were saying earlier about how all these different organizations, but they're really not working together, you know, um, to try to to battle what's going on. Can you imagine if everybody tried to work together? The whole world has changed. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for this. You know, we... There are groups up here, there's a couple of groups up here that we don't work with when it comes to patrols or things that are more of a more dangerous nature, but we will darn sure work with them when it comes to homelessness and outreach, you know. Um, and I just, I really wish more people would, would, would do that and drag other people in together and, and, and make a, amends just for that one day. But... Uh, signs of Hope. What are you guys doing on Signs of Hope, Travis? Ted? November on the 16th? Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's that's the garage and the camp trailer full of clothing at my house and the clothing at Steph's house. And I don't know Lisa's who else. House. Lisa's, Brenda's got more coming in. Like, the, the whole team's rallying on it. Wow. That's fantastic. Um, uh, and, we're and that's, also looking at pulling sleeping bags and coats. Like Steph's going like like a Tasmanian devil these days, rounding stuff up and uh, wow, just big. See, it yeah. takes somebody like that who's motivated, who who goes and just makes these contacts and and uh, you know and gets these resources. I, I love that you guys have somebody like that. We're we're looking uh, for somebody to. To do that here in Northern California too, to, to run around and I can't do it. I've got too much to do, and um, and these guys know it, right? Vector, Vector just joined us on the line. You there, Vector? Yeah, I am dropping shit in the kitchen. Sorry. Hey, Vector. Oh, that, that's okay. <laughs> How you guys doing? You? Hey, I'm going. <laughs> Did we catch you mid mid dinner rush or something? Oh, yeah, you know, I'm just, like, putting stuff in the, you know, just getting stuff ready, like, eating food up or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I'm just loving hearing you guys' stories and, like, being reminded of my own. Um, and I was thinking about the 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 way you said it, this uh, this kind of experience will change people, and it, and it definitely does. Like, we do our needle, you know, pickups and our handouts at the same time, and whenever you go out, we've always got, like, some socks or some, you know, some kind of something to eat, whether it's something Rock has made in the oven that's, like, nice and soft or whether it's, you know, crunchy granola bars or whatever you got, you get into this habit of having that every time you go out and you find yourself when you are on the street and you're not doing a patrol or a pickup or a handout, you do find yourself kind of checking your pockets, kind of like similar to when you go up, you know what I'm saying? Like, you go up to, like, order some coffee in a, in a coffee bar, you're kind of expected to put a tip in the jar, you kind of find yourself like patting your pockets like, oh, man, do I got something? And that's that's a habit of the heart, and that's really something you guys are, are teaching and encouraging, and it is something that does change in you. And it's not something that costs a lot. It really, you know, an extra, like you said, like, well, 35 cents for a taco, you know, keep some on you when you can, when you know you're going to encounter, the, you know, that kind of uh, part of the city that you're going to have 
a person in need, to have something on you doesn't cost that much, and it means so much to them. Yep. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, oh, I, oh, go ahead. Everybody sounds like they've got something going on. Uh, he's dead on, Vic's dead on. I've come to the place where I always have granola bars and water or Gatorade in my car. There was a yeah. couple times last last year during the summertime that that Missy and I found somebody heat stroked out on the sidewalk. Car uh, driving by, guys stripped himself half naked, he's sprawled out. And uh, fortunately, we had things in the car. We had Gatorade to get this guy hydrated and get him stable while we wait for EMS. And you do, you start building these habits. It starts to become a way of life when you're you're more aware of your surroundings and you're more aware of the plight of your fellow man. Right. Yeah, right, absolutely. Exactly. Um, yeah. Vec, you, Vec, you've been listening in the whole time, right? Because you, you, uh, I saw your phone, uh, <laughs> your phone number up there on the chat on the board. So um, I, I liked what uh, Ted was saying about how we're all just a couple paychecks away from from being homeless ourselves. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and that is just. I think about it. I've got a bunch of uh, coworkers who are, well, oh, God, they feel like coworkers. I haven't worked at that job for years, but a bunch of uh, barrier rapid transit um, workers, BART um, workers who are uh, about to go on strike at midnight tonight. And, um, you know, they're, they're worrying about their jobs. And, and, you know, God, can you imagine if if they were to all lose their jobs at once? It's just the whole thing is scary. So yeah. uh, making these connections. Absolutely. You know, and making connections like this is so important. I, I know when people, I think we've all remembered the moments when people have done something kind when they didn't need to. Miss Fitz said, you know, yep. an act of kindness is never forgotten. And she's right. I mean, if I asked you all right now, think of one thing that someone did for you when you were down on your luck that you've never forgotten. We could all think of that one thing. So, um when Seraph, uh, who is on in the chat room right now, when I was devastated because I felt like we weren't doing anything but putting a little freaking Band-Aid on a huge wound down in Skid Row, and I was saying as much, I said, wow, I just, I feel like we're just Band-Aiding this. And he said, you're not. You're, you're giving these people hope. You're letting them know that someone cares about them. And that hit me. That was it. That was it. You know, I thought I had many defining moments, you know, the whole time. But I think that was the biggest one where I said, you're damn right. This this one person knows that I care. Um, it's the starfish story. You yeah. Heard it, right? Yeah. The boy on the beach is walking down and throwing the starfish back in the ocean, and there's hundreds of thousands of starfish on there. And the guy's like, what are you going to do, spend all day throwing the starfish, all these starfish in the ocean? You can't possibly throw all those starfish back in the ocean, and they can all live. And the boy turns around, he's like, you know what, I can't, but I can make a difference to that one, and that one, and that one. And that one, and that's that's all that it is. Exactly, that's it. And I really, really hope that your the Legacy Initiative just grows like crazy because I would love to see people going. You know, I heard about this team in Utah, this Legacy Initiative thing. Can we start this over here? And you know, and then it just it just grows. I the love that. Is yes. The <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. If we're gonna ask that question, the answer is indubitably yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like, um, yeah, and that's speaking of, it's like, yeah, we we uh, I'm very happy to be teaming up with you guys. It's it's um, we're on the same page. You guys have a wonderfully organized group, 
and um, just talking to you two. You know, if you guys were jerks, I'd go, yeah, well, we'll go along. We'll get stuff with them. But I sure as hell am not, not going to, you know, follow these guys at all because they're they're jerks. No, not at all. Uh, Lisa Edwards Stanlison is uh, saying, I think it's important that people know that they don't need to they don't need money to start an initiative, just a passion. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Thank you, Lisa. You know, it's just, that's the whole thing. People are, I, I see in the real life superhero community where they're saying, oh man, I, I'd really love to do this. If only, you know what? There is no, if only it costs nothing to go walk out and talk to somebody. And, you know, sometimes the homeless only want an ear. So yep. you Start that. Start that ripple and watch where it goes because it does. You know, energy begets energy. Hold an old, just hold a door open for an elderly gentleman. I mean, just, you know, it's it's just right. changing the way we think. And if everyone would do this, and people so easily discount themselves and think that that they can't possibly make a difference. But, you know, it's our group works because it's a lot of people doing a little bit. It's that many hands makes, you know, Make light great work. work. Yeah, yeah. Make light work, and you know, it doesn't take anything to to find people like yourself anymore with social media and such. That's how we started. It was an idea, and hey, there's an idea. Who wants in on this? And it just takes off. It's it's, it's ripples of people, and it it reaches outside of your your social circle into the next and the next. People want to help, but they're they just need to be empowered to believe that they can. We, we live in a society that people feel that they have no say, no power, and that they can't make a difference. But we all can, and that's I think that's the biggest overriding message that we want to get out there. We want to empower people to make a difference in their own life and the lives of others. Absolutely. And um, I'm starting to wonder, you know, and I don't know, has anybody ever asked you guys, how many how many people do you think you fed? Oh, gosh. Right? The last <laughs> count we had put out, oh, man, I sat down, I did a, I, I went through records and counted how many burritos we put out, and then I did a calculation. Was it like 20 or 30,000? Something, yeah. It was Holy goodness. Wow. And I, it blew me away. I'm like, whoa. Because, you know, you get these times and you're, you're plugging on, you're doing this stuff, and you're like, gosh, you know, is it enough? Is it enough? And you, there's little down times where I'll think, you know, you know, I'm, yeah. I should be doing way better than I'm doing. And, you know, and I sat down and did that just for gee whiz. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I, it was huge. It was a way bigger number than I expected. There you Once go. Wow. And this was a few months ago. So So by now. Exactly. Well, you Rob, know what? better pick up more needles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we're only we're we're trying to we we gotten over fourth we've gotten. <laughs> I talk good. Um we've picked up over four thousand, but you know, we're still we we need to be here to be able to do it. We've anyway. Um but that's three thousand nine hundred ninety-seven more than we have. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there you go. Really, you are correct. There you go. Thank you, Buck. Um, we've got just about three minutes left. Now, anything you guys mentioned before, we'll go ahead and put a link up on the uh, Tribe Radio Facebook page. So seriously, if you guys look, if you want to know, we're all anybody listening. If you want to find these links. 
things that they've mentioned, you can find them at, you know, just go to facebook.com slash tribe, uh, tribe talk. And uh, is there anything you guys want to plug? Any any shout-outs you want to give in these last couple of minutes that we've got? I want to shout-out. I do really quickly. Um, okay. <laughs> so our tortilla donation changed a little bit, uh, probably midway through what we've been doing. And there's a local company in Salt Lake called La Flor de Salt Lake. And mm-hmm. they are the coolest family-owned tortilla-making company that I think I've ever been associated with. And just so you know why I can say that, my great-uncle was Lynn Wilson. Nice. Um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I don't, I don't, I'm not joking. My, I'm, I'm serious. No, my, I, my I know. My <laughs> grandpa was my grandpa was Don Wilson and his brother was Lynn Wilson and they made the tortillas, tamales, burritos, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that all went away when he passed away. Anyway, so they are the, I mean, most charitable. I mean, we, Travis has met them. Um, we've asked them, they're not on social media. We've asked them what we can do for them to help promote them or to promote their cause. So every chance I get, I always mm-hmm. want to throw their name out there. You know, again, it's a, it's a local Utah company. So if you're ever in the store, trying to figure out what tortilla shells to buy, turn them over and see if, because they, they manufacture them under different names. Um, but they are, they are one of the, I mean, without them, they, they actually made it so we didn't have to microwave the tortillas to get them pliable. So we can make the burritos. They actually uh, eliminate a step in our whole process. Nice. Um, so I definitely want to, uh, to give them kudos and, and any support we can lend to them. We will we'll put the we'll definitely put a link up uh, with their okay. name up actually. And Travis, did you want to tell anybody anything? You got like I want to I want to take a chance, you know, out in the public just to thank our, our amazing team and the volunteers. We're we're growing every day, and it's because of everybody's hard work. And seriously, we have the coolest people in the world. And I wish I could just I wish I had time to mention every person and their contributions. Well, we'll schedule you again so you can talk about it. Seriously, that would be wonderful. Greatest people ever. And one person that will never get any limelight is Travis's wife, Misty. She is she is the person behind the curtain and the Wizard of Oz. I mean, she awesome. makes everything Ten seconds. Happen. So we will say thank you to Misty, and we'll say thank you Absolutely. to you guys before we get cut off. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you later. You should read the instructions first.